So that's a song that will take you back 20 years or more. Can you believe it? The Springbok Nude Girls and Blue Eyes. And they're back again now, many years later, with uh, another album. And that's not to say they haven't released albums in that time as well. The latest album, Party Apocalypse, it was recorded in 2019, which uh, makes me think, I wonder how much uh, we're thinking about a party apocalypse now post uh, one and a half or close on two years of COVID. On the line with us, we've got Theo Cross. He's the guitarist for the Springbok Nude Girls. We're going to play you a couple of tracks from the new album, but we kind of wanted to set the scene, taking you back a while. Theo, thanks for joining us. Hello, Michelle. How are you doing? Jeez, I'm doing well. The question is, how are you not only producing music on a, in a massive rate, but surfing, I see, all over the world? Surfing, <laughs> golfing, <laughs> studying a bit. Just a tad. Theo, mm. I do think uh, this new album feels like a knife that has been sharpened, and it may be that uh, Arno, as the songwriter, has uh, cut through many, many stories with his narratives and his storytelling in the songs. But it also feels like the production is much harder, tighter, and um, maybe it talks to the age of the band now as well. Tell us about that coming yes. together. We're, we're old. Ain't now. that the truth, baby? <laughs> <laughs> no, we... Well, we we, when we we toured in 2019, just before COVID, and then we had some time off, and we decided, why don't we just record a couple of songs? So we recorded those 13 songs, and then everybody left. And the the band is scattered across the world, so the audio and our keyboarder stays in San Francisco, and Ardner Bloomer, the bassist, stays in in the United Kingdom. Um, and then they left after that two week session and then, and then COVID hit and then it was a perfect opportunity for me and Carstens to mess around with what we had, because we yeah. didn't have, we, we had songs and they were very cool, but we didn't have all the parts for everything. So, so during COVID time, we, <laughs> we, we messed around probably for too long, I would say. <laughs> but but it, it ended up it ended up um, being quite a liberating experience just working so long on something. Because normally our album stacks rather quickly, and it's three weeks, and then a new mix, and then so this this took like almost three years to complete, which was which was cool. And and because we. <clears throat> The new cause is a is a labor of love at this point. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we do we do still um, tour and make money off it, but it's I don't think it's any one of our primary um, things. So the main thing we want to do with the, with the new cause is just have fun, and so we had the opportunity to do that. So you know, you talk about the three years to complete. Um, and, and I'm thinking about, for example, the artist, Paul Emanuel. Um, he, he just finished a, an exhibition which has taken him six years to complete. And yes. I, I think that the nature of doing that brings up something very, very different to the spontaneity of saying, hey, boom, in three weeks, we put out an album. 
to take three years, what is the difference that it makes? I think the, the, probably the, the most significant thing is perspective. Um, and that can be a good or a bad thing, I guess, but um, perspective just on just to live with something for a bit. Mm. Even if I work with people as a producer, I always say that we we rather need to take a couple of days break from a specific song um, just so we get perspective. And sometimes you don't get that perspective. Um, I guess with a producer, you can have some sort of an outsider perspective, but we don't have one per se. Just because I'm a producer doesn't mean I'm I'm primarily facilitating. Yeah. <laughs> My studio is facilitating the nude girls, but in terms of production, I think it's probably all of us. <clears throat> so I think without a producer, you probably need a bit more perspective than than you would normally. We're going to go to one of the tracks, Crystal Ball. It's not um, obviously the first single, but uh, it really is quite a beautiful album beautiful track. Maybe you could just give us a little insight before we go into that particular song. So that's uh, so Crystal Ball. Um, we, we, uh, we actually wrote that song and it came out pretty cool three years ago. And then we made various transitions of the song. Like, um, we remixed it, I don't know, I don't know how many times. <laughs> Probably like ten times. But the version that you hear, the chorus versions is version one. And then we were unhappy with the verses, so so the verses is version eight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's so, so version like, eight and then chorus version one. Yeah. And then and then we didn't like the ending, so that's version nine. And how many and, versions did you finally come out with in the very end? I think there was eleven mixes and <laughs> But we, we were so happy with how the chorus was. I was so happy with how the chorus came out. And because I mix primarily on analog gear, every time I recall a mix, yeah. for your listeners who don't understand, is, is if you recall a mix in, in a digital audio working station, um, like Pro Tools or something like that, and you try to... And everything is digital. You can basically recall all your settings... And they will come up five years later and everything will be fine. But because I'm recalling something on an analog console, that actually you have to manually turn knobs to make things work. Every time you recall the mix, the mix sounds different. It's wow. not going to ever sound the same. So so I've really tried to, to emulate the first mix, but I just couldn't get it right. So, so we're like, ah. Oh. So there could be uh, 11 different... There could be 11 different versions of Crystal Ball. Yes. <laughs> yes, there's, there's 11 different versions of it. I have to say, I think that... I really think that's a great track, man. Thank you very much to the Springbok. Thank you. Wow, Theo, it's really incredible. How does it um, feel when you hear it being played? Nice. Hmm? This is awesome. <laughs> I, I think it's like, um, 
I can't swear on your show, but it's mm-hmm. like holding on. It's like it's it's like holding in the shit for your entire life. Sorry. So, Thea, I just want <laughs> because call we've it, been holding this in for three years, and it's, so it's, it's like, oh my goodness. But you know what? Here's what the interesting thing is. It feels as though. I mean, I think this is the great thing about bands and also having had the opportunity to sort of follow the band over so many years. Um, and and I, I feel like when, when the Nude Girls started out, it was it was incredibly fresh and innovative and just out there and like crazy. Whereas this, as you say, it feels far more kind of controlled and contained, but in the most beautiful way. I mean, as I said, it feels like a knife yeah. that is cutting very cleanly, you know, through whatever it may be cutting through so wow yeah and the ability the ability to just choose different versions i mean i know a good example of that is strawberry fields of the beatles they that was take nine and take 14 i think that mm. they combined yeah they they splashed that together as well i actually read an interesting article about that how they splashed together those those versions to come up with the version that they had Theo, you mentioned working off analog, and I'm I'm interested to know: Does this mean that you are working more specifically um, in analog recordings in your studio, or are you working Pro Tools, etc.? Which one gives you more? So time? I'm using a I'm using a hybrid yeah. setup. So um, I saw this hybrid version working for most people in LA. That's where I saw it the first time. So so the front end of my studio is completely analog. There's an SSL console and Neve channels and um, we can even do tape if you want to record on tape but like and then the back end of it is going to digital so so I'm still mixing <clears throat> in Pro Tools but Pro Tools is sort of working sort of like a tape machine mm. so most of the EQ and the reverbs and all the effects and stuff is outboard gear and then Pro Tools is basically running like a tape machine wow you know, so so I have 48 channels. I don't mix with more. I know people love mixing 300 tracks at the same time. So I try to compress everything into 48 channels so I can see the channels in front of me. So so I know where to park everything. It just makes sense logically. Yeah. Um, if you if you have a, a, a recording session and there's 300 tracks, you don't know where you are. So so, Theo, so we we. Yeah. I think it was Francois, Francois Kruger, the drummer. Um, I, I think I read something that he said that he thinks that this album is lyrically one of the sharpest albums yet. I may I may be mistaken, but but I feel like I might have read that somewhere. Yeah, uh, look, we've got a we had a lot of we had a lot of um, positive, very positive feedback, like from from people all over. It's, it's just. Um, um, enjoying the album and some people saying it's our best album that we've done and just to hear that after 27 years of doing something to release something that is, that is in some way relevant I know so many old bands release albums and they, and they kind of I was disappointed in that new Paul mm-hmm. Jam album yeah, and uh, I mean it's nothing towards them. It's just I love them, but like I would rather go listen to to Ten or mm. Vitality. But to hear that from your peers and for people in the industry that that 
um, that your work is actually relevant. It's, yeah. um, it's a humbling experience after after 27 years in the industry to hear that um, your your music is being appreciated and is as good as what it was when it when um, when you released your your first album in in the 1990s. Well, isn't it? Um, I mean, if you look at the reviews of Joan Armitrading's latest album, and she's in her 70s, and uh, all the reviews are just like this is one of the best albums ever because she's just looked deep inside and managed to find something that is deeply different to historically and to the past. Yeah. I think also something has to be said for creative collaboration yeah. and the way that you interact with people after so much time together sure. um, and how your, how your minds work, how you apply yourself um, to something in the studio. Um, there's no money. No money can buy the 27 years of working together and you know you kind of wish you knew, you know then what you knew now what you know now that's what hindsight will do for you, you know? huh? <laughs> yeah so it's i think it's i think it's a it's a gift to yeah. to be able to make music with people for so long and yeah. the, the amount of um um, Chick sent me I I don't know you know who that is it's, uh, he's a Hungarian yes. psychologist he wrote the book on flow yeah and and so flow uh, uh, you know it happens after a period of time and there's certain prerequisites for flow to happen and um, obviously if you've been doing something for so long it happens much quicker yeah you know? yeah um, let's, you know, so let's, it's, uh, it's let's listen let's listen to how what flow brings you this is flow Sadly, we do have to fade off out of there. We are closing on the show, Flashlight, and that's by the Springbok Nude Girls. They are back with uh, an album called Party Pop Apocalypse, and I have to say, I, I, I agree. I think that this may well be one of your best albums, not to say the very best, but certainly may well be one of your best albums, and I need to give it lots more listening. I might even decide it's the best. How about that? Jeez. Yes, <laughs> 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 So, Theo... Um, very briefly, I, I do want to just, after a year and a half of COVID, how does this album sound for you? And does it sound different to you to uh, when you were playing these songs in 2019? Does it have a different feel? I think the, I think the, um, <laughs> a lot of the stuff that we wrote, um, like Emerging Submarines and the messages I don't know how, how that worked out for Carstens, but um, it seems more relevant mm. as a COVID, mes- <laughs> COVID <laughs> like, pandemic yeah. message. Although I, the lyrics weren't written then, yeah. it was pre, pre, pre-COVID. Um, the only thing, and, and even, even um, Party Apocalypse, the name itself, came from a song called Tan on the Beaches and that was also written pre-COVID. It just made a bit of made sense when we named the album. And now the song seems. I think the messages in the song seems almost seems, seems a bit more relevant now. Totally I, I'm not relevant. sure how that how that even works. <laughs> Theo, in closing, just say yes or no. The title, I'm um, not the title. The image on the cover of Party Apocalypse is that uh, an Anna Carsten's image? Yes. 
I thought so. 10 o'clock, it's time for the news. It's no longer good morning. It's now goodbye.